Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I'm an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. Today's guest is Tammy Sasson. Tammy Sasson is a licensed clinical social worker and embodiment coach who specializes in CPTSD and supporting adults in healing from childhood emotional trauma. Tammy is forever inspired by the miracles that happen every day in people's lives through small choices they make to show up for themselves. Tammy is deeply inspired by the hope, courage, and wisdom we each possess, and even more so the power that happens when we start to tap into it. She embraces her tremendous amounts of muchness and hopes to create spaces where people choose to become all of who they are so we may live in a world with more knowing that simply being a human is enough. Tammy loves to dance, to float in the ocean, to bake and fail all kinds of things, and to be in connection with people and animals she loves. You can find her at TammySassen underscore or at TammySassen.com. Don't let a breakup beat you. Use it as a launching point to design the life of your dreams and have fun while you do it. Sometimes you just need a little reminder that this too will pass and some inspiration to get you back on your feet. That's why I'm sharing with you the X-Files podcast. The hosts, Janice and Claire, are both breakup coaches who show up each week to discuss all things breakup and dating related with a lot of laughs and a bit of science along the way. Check them out at X-Files with a PH wherever you listen to podcasts to help you heal from a past relationship, build your confidence, and get back out there in a magnetic way, no matter how rough your last relationship was. Hello, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. I have today with me, Tammy Sasson. Hi, Tammy. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Um, I would love to start out by asking, what does spirituality mean to you? Ah, okay. That's a really great question. Um, So the first thing that comes to mind when I think of spirituality is really my connection to something else that's not me. So my connection to something that holds me, like simply put. Hmm. That's beautiful. Connection to something that holds you. And how did you come up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I was raised in a really strict Jewish home. Hmm. Um, you know, my grandparents were Holocaust survivors on my mom's side, on my dad's side, his family fled persecution, um, you know, had a whole reorientation of identity. And so I was just really raised with a lot of 
guilt and force and just the suffocating notion of religion, like a really punishing God, you know, and then mix in there a lot of unavailable caregiving and lack of consistency. And I think I learned, I don't think I know, I learned really young, like I'm alone in the world. You know, God is punishing, this is punishing, and it's just me, myself, and I. And so that belief disconnected me not only from people, but from resource, because it's like, when you think of growing up as a child, you know, I wouldn't say that I was like never imaginative. I was never playful. That's not true. But most of my orientation was really towards like, how do I get through this? How do I secure safety, which really took a lot of that away and imagination, playfulness, like these are realms of spirituality that connect you to something else, you know, that engage your heart. And Mm. so I think to tie it all in, you know, part of healing, not only from growing up, you know, I don't think that it was like, when I think back to being raised in religion, I I wouldn't think I, you know, I wouldn't refer to it as like a culture. You know, my parents weren't like religious Jews, but it took me, I think things really started to change for me when I realized like, oh, wow, like there is holding available for me. Like I don't have to hold everything in this world alone. I don't have to do everything alone. And, you know, over the years, like it started with like somebody doing something nice for me or saying something nice to me. And then it turned into like a really loving therapist. And then it turned into when I really started connecting to nature and like finding that to be a resource um or like for me it was like playing sports and like the the community camaraderie anyways these pieces like when I put the pieces all together like I felt the most connected which is what spirituality feels like for me and the most held I totally like messed up what I was gonna say that's fine so you asked me how I got there you know, it took me a really long time to allow that holding mm-hmm. and to really like put that together. Like this holding is what spirituality is. It's, and it's unconditional. Like it's, it's not this like punishing this conditional thing. It's just, it's always here. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. What yeah. was it about? I, I guess I'm just, um, taking all of that in um there I relate to the weight and pressure of an adult burden put on a child and that that need to to think how do I survive this rather than um as a child learning to play and learning to accept and even have support so I'm curious, as you mentioned a couple different things, um, receiving help from a friend and you mentioned sports, um, what, what was it like um, in your body and in your experience when you came upon those things and tried to allow that into your life? So it's like a really interesting, it's a, it's like a, I think it's like a layered question because yeah. There were, so like, obviously growing up as like a child in an unavailable home, you don't have choices. You only have responsibilities. And so 
-hmm. It was like in the areas of my life, like when I would go to like, let's say now if I go back to childhood, like the moments where I felt like, oh, wow, like people value me here. You know, like I was a really talented, like softball pitcher and I like really climbed the ladder quickly. Like I was with much older kids and like when I would like pitch a no hitter game, you know, I haven't reflected on this actually, like maybe <laughs> ever. It's so funny what comes through sometimes, um, spirituality. So like when I would like pitch this no hitter game and everyone like would jump on me after the game, it was like, I had value. Like I, you know, yeah, it was something I did. Obviously I had value when I, but it made me feel valuable. Like it made me feel like, Oh, I matter. I'm important here. You know, like, yeah. and you, you had like, I had those like moments when I would do something and, and feel valued for that because which is, which is different than like, you know, I think um, I'm making this complicated because we hear a lot like, Oh, you're valuable all also when you don't do things. But I think sure. the thing I'm referring to is not that it was like the experiences of value I had through the course of my life. And they were, they were, they just happened to be tied to me doing things, if that makes sense. Hmm. Cause yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I think I didn't, under, I didn't come into the world knowing I'm valuable because I exist. So it was these things, it was actually the world reflecting to me, I'm valuable. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that's where we learn. It's the mirror of that. And sure. So even like, as I, I'm sharing this in my body, I'm like actually getting filled with that joy of those moments of that. And I, you know, I think it was like those little mirrors over time, you know, it took me probably until my early thirties to really start to seek that out and open to that and initiate that, right? Like it took me a tremendous amount of healing to stop like living on an island and to actually let people know me and to let that like foundational value start to happen. So like, mm. I'm imperfect. I didn't pitch a no hitter. I didn't do anything, but you still love me. Like, whoa, you know? Mm. And even outside of like the human realm, like if you go, you know, I think like even I was just on vacation and I was solo for 10 days. Like I went to bed at 10 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Like I, I really just needed the time. And like the ocean, I could walk into the ocean any way I felt, happy, crying, whatever. And like there was no condition on this holding. It was just like, I'm going to wrap you here. And for me, like I feel that, you know, or when I wake up to watch the sunrise, it's like, oh, like the world is putting on a show for me. And, yeah. you know, it's like, sometimes I think it's how you see things and how you want to connect to things. But these like also these predictable things in nature, like, oh, that's consistency. I can rely on that. You know, I can learn to calibrate other things that are always available for me when I orient towards it. And so I think it was, first it was externally, you know, we learn value through mirroring. Like, cause that's how children learn. And so even as adults, it's how we have to learn. So we really need that in our lives. And then, and then through that coming in externally for many years, I was able to be like, okay, I deserve this. And so now I can create this on my own. So yeah, I still need the mirroring. I will still call people to validate me. I'm not even going to pretend like I don't, <laughs> but it's like, I also can do that for myself, you know? And so, and to me, that's a spiritual practice. Like I think love is the ultimate because of just how much layers of wounding 
Mm. You know, we build, I think love is the ultimate spiritual practice of what holds, you know, even down to like, how do I treat myself when like on a day when things are really hard or a month when things are really hard? Like to me, that's a spiritual practice, like not Mm. engaging in the violence that I know and turning towards the availability of care and love that I don't have to create that. Like that's innate and that's a miracle, you know? Hmm. Yeah. That's, I, f- I find this really fascinating because um, for, for me and I know for a lot of people, like there, there has been this trend of like spirituality being an individual thing. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It is a, your personal practice and um, you connecting with divine or um, connecting with source or whatever it is, or connecting to this container. I really love that you've brought in the element of mirroring and community for, for healing and spirituality as a necessary piece for this, for you. I, I see that, um, I, I've been starting to pick up on this from a couple different people, just the, that there is healing that happens on our own and with our therapists and by ourselves 1000%. And also I think it, it has its limits because we're meant to be in connection with other people. Um, I'm just curious what, um, for you, you've mentioned that you, you seek this out and that you've, um, stepped into the light a little bit more and like not into the light, but you know what I mean? Like stepped into the light. (laughs) Oh, oh my god, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the the language sometimes it just drops out of nowhere. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but you've stepped into like being seen. And I'm curious like how for you that practice has like has manifested in your life right now. Yeah, and so like I always just like to say because I think sometimes you I think sometimes okay, this might, this just might be like my caretaking or that part in me that really needed these disclaimers at one point in time. Like every time I choose to be seen, it's fucking terrifying. So like, I'm just going to disclaim that. Like, it's not this thing that went from like, oh, I I couldn't do it. And now I see the light. Like, it is so easy to be me, you know, like that is not true. (laughs) And like, let me just, (laughs) and because I, but also it's way easier, right? Like it's not like it used to be. And, Mm. you know, I think, you know, it's our individual healing that gives us collective liberation, like period. You can't have one without the other Mm -hmm. because what we are collectively is what we are individually. Right. And so Mm. What I think we see a lot in the current culture of wellness or healing is this hyper individual, you know, and I I don't even know if I want to like open that can of worms because there's so much to unpack there, but, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was because of the individual healing. It was because of the safety of like my therapist or let's say Al-Anon meetings or places where I could be safe to be seen over and over and over and over because the rewiring of our brains takes a really long time. It can't happen in three months. It has to be these repetitive things that we do on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. 
And over the years, like that didn't mean that I didn't struggle in like abusive really or trying. It was just that I kept even through that orienting to at least one place where I was safe over and over and over. And enough of that, right, eventually gave me the courage to then go into like, let's say a group program where I could let myself be revealed. Okay, great, right? And then to writing publicly online on a platform and then realizing, oh, I don't like doing that. I don't feel safe doing that. Like I don't share my personal journey so much anymore because that doesn't feel safe for me. And, you know, and navigating these pieces, right? So that I could be sort of, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but like this, this is fantastic. This person who could be safe for the collective, right? It's, it's Mm. so much, you know, it's like, we can't skip the development we didn't get. And the way we develop is through mirroring. And the only way we develop is in relationship. And Mm -hmm. so like, you know, like I work in CPTSD, like that's where I specialize in as a therapist. And so like, sometimes I have clients who have been so wounded by humans that it takes years before they can reintegrate into human community. But that doesn't mean they don't have animals and nature and other things that are giving them that mirroring that eventually gives them that one stable relationship or building a relationship with me and being honest. And, you know, like I always assume like you're never getting the whole story, Tammy, like, because people, it takes time for all of us to fully be revealed. And like, that makes sense. Right. When we've been so wounded for our personhood, but to me, all of that is a spiritual practice. Like every time we try to do something brave or courageous or to tell the truth, like all of that is a spiritual practice because Anytime you take a risk, you're stepping into unknown territory. And I feel like that's what spirituality is. It's this like risk of the unknown of like, there, there is something that's going to catch me, right? Like it's not going to go like it's always gone. And in order to create new evidence of anything, we have to do something different, which means we have no evidence. And like, it might not work. That's true, right? It doesn't always work, mm-hmm. but like sometimes it does, you know, and mm-hmm. um. You know, and for me, it was like, I had to keep like walking into the fire and getting burned to realize like, oh, I know this feels warm. Like, I don't want that. I don't want the fire anymore. Like, I want this kind of warm. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, and, and, you know, and all of that, like, I think all of that's a miracle. Like, I think anytime somebody does anything different, it's actually a miracle. Yeah. You know, like. I yeah, 1000% agree. I I, so I don't know if I answered you, but I know you that was amazing. Um <laughs> I I think in thinking about change, I find I find the subject of change really fascinating, especially since you called it a miracle because I would 1000% agree. Because like and I would love to hear your take on this as a psychotherapist. Like from what I understand about your human mind and and like the ego I think in psychotherapy it's called a lot of people call it the persona like your inner mean girl whatever you call it is this this person who's trying to keep things the same like to maintain like the status quo maintain the same kind of thing so like every time you do you try to do anything different there's this whole host of your brain that's like wait that's different (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Um, 
Did you want to ask a question related to that? You want me just to comment on that? No, I'm just checking in. (laughs) I'm so glad you asked because I'm just like, tell me all your thoughts. And I'm like, I probably should have asked a question there. I'm just curious in your experience of um, like working with clients um, when, when you're coming up on this, this change in them, what is like, um, what is, what are some things you've noticed in your clients and what are the, like the steps to the miracle that you're witnessing, or is it always just like a fucking miracle? Yeah. You know, so like, that's such a, I I love talking about change and the question of change. And you said something really important because, and you, you, you said a lot of things there. You referred to like inner identities that we carry and um, you know, our left and our right brain are like their own hemispheres, right? Like we, they're their own personalities. They do wildly different things, you know, and, but our brain is developed through repetitive things, right? So like the more we do something, the more it becomes an automatic response, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't even know which way to like, So, you know, we develop identities based on who raised us, who we're around, what their behaviors are. So like, we always grew up to be like, I don't want to be like my mom, but then we end up like our mothers, even, and disowning the behaviors of like, you know, I was actually just writing about this before I came on this the interview today, just around like how so much of our healing is actually recognizing that we become our caregivers for better or worse. And that it doesn't mean we're bad. It's just because that's what we were taught. And it goes back to mirroring. And, you know, the process of change really in the way that I see it, first of all, it takes so much repetition. And this doesn't, mean that it's hopeless it just it's like I I work with so many people and and I can tell you just in my personal journey it was like why am I still here I feel like I've tried everything like you know what is wrong with me like I've done all of the things you know other people seem to and like I could tell you everyone I know has this narrative which means like collectively like that's a huge you know alarm going off like why are we all thinking like this we're you know to me that always signals a societal conditioning when everyone is thinking the same thing right mm-hmm. oh like that's fascinating like where did we all learn this and mm-hmm. um you know it's like change is the small tiny things that start to happen differently change is like you know, I noticed that I was doing this thing. Like I watched myself doing it. Like that's progress. Hmm. Like change is like, you know, I think we think it has, you know, big change only happens in like tiny, small increments of like little miracles over time, over the years. Right. Like that's what change is because that's how the nervous system works. Like you can't change any different than that. It's not like these huge life affirming events. It's like, when you look at the big things you've done in life, it's because of all of the small things that came online before that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like the process of change is like, you know, everything we do is working because we are learning something about ourselves. Right. So it's usually not the immediate impact. It's like the culmination of what you have been learning and orienting towards over time. And so 
while we might still be clinging and doing and engaging and operating in automatic responses, it doesn't mean new responses are not coming alive. It Mm. just means that it takes time, Mm. you know, and that's why we need the mirroring of someone to be like, wait, do you notice what you just said? Like, can we stop and celebrate this? Because like, we don't see it. Mm. Yeah. It's like the, the step of consciousness is a huge step. Yeah. And like, it's important to name and like, I'm just going to name this because I work in trauma. Like I specialize there and like, you know, consciousness is a spiritual topic, but I think you, you also have to talk about like for many people, the the work of quote awareness and consciousness requires so much stabilization of the body and so much working on the ways in which we subtly dissociate and leave ourselves and leave life and operate outside of our bodies. Like you can't have a conversation of consciousness without that. Like, you know, I always say like, there's a whole industry towards like self-love, self this. And, you know, it's like, but in order to even arrive there, you have to acknowledge there's a self. So when you grow up in religion in like cult religious communities or you grow up in unavailable homes it's like you are required to give up yourself and like the first part of any healing journey is realizing like oh I am a self like I am a person here Mm. with needs wants and like that's even before like how do you expect to like care or love for something that like you don't even acknowledge exists most of the time because you your brain has like literally tried to avoid that and like I mean that's a whole other I could talk about this forever but like these are really important things to acknowledge of like all of the the healing and miracles and things that come online along the way that I think we really often overlook. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm just like in thinking all or about this as a whole, I'm finding that like fascinating because there there's like um, with social media and with like public presences, we have like a lot of people talking about where they are and um, like the changes that they've seen in their own life, but not a lot of people talking about like, the details of how they got there or like the it's 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 almost like um the skip the step of consciousness has been skipped and they're just like but I'm here it's like well are you really there if you don't have the consciousness of like (laughs) of who you are yeah you know it's an interesting statement you know Yeah, you know, A, I think there's, I think this is loaded because pain doesn't sell. And um, there's no arrival. You know, I think, I think Mm. it's easy to go on social media and decide, you know, I, there's like this interesting thing that happens on social media. And I, you know, and I would be lying if I said I've never done it. And, you know, it's something that I, I don't judge. I don't have the answers for, I don't know. It's something I tr- I'm still trying to figure out. I think we all are. Mm-hmm. There's like almost this like initiation thing that happens that you see a lot on social media. Like you'll start to see posts, like I no longer override my boundaries and I no longer do anything that doesn't serve my soul's longing. And I, you read these things and 
when you're in very initial, like when you're in early parts of healing and you read things like this, it's easy to read those things and assign value that like this person has figured out the secret and then they become gurued. Mm-hmm. And I think in many ways, there's like two things that are happening. The person who is, and and, I, and again, like, I don't know. And I, I feel like even a little righteous speaking about this because now I'm making assumptions about why I can only speak to like why I did that in the past. It was like for a long time. And I, you know, I'll speak to my journey personally. I don't know why anyone does anything. So I'm just going to erase that. For me, it was like, I was trying to find ways to be seen. And I didn't yet like have those people in my actual life who were seeing me on a regular basis. And I was trying to tell women like, Hey, like we can get here. And, um, you know, and so for me, it was like, I still, I was still learning how to keep myself safe. What is shareable? What isn't shareable? But I needed to like have this initiation to be like, I am now, I don't know what it was about. I mean, I guess I do in theory, it doesn't matter. Like, and for me like that, I, I, I don't do that anymore because I don't ever want to present a before and after. Mm-hmm. And there's, I have no judgments on people that do like, I, I think we need models for where our healing can take us and what is possible. Um, and I think many people are trying to make a living. And sometimes like we, we are living in systems that sometimes we have to participate in whether we want to or not to survive them. And, and that's true too. And so mm. I think these conversations are super nuanced, um, mm. you know, but to your point, it's like, I do feel like it, it is, it is often missing, like, but I, I don't do this perfectly this is imperfect. I, you know, and I think that's often missing that like, yeah, like things do get better hundred percent. Like, whoa, do things change? Like life becomes significantly different, you know, like that. I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't, but no one lives life without pain, you know, and no one does anything perfectly. And yeah, I think it's often missed. Mm-hmm. So I just went on like a whole tangent. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's all so important and stuff I'm sorting through with my own business. So I find it really relevant. Um, it's also just like the, I don't know, the more I dive into spirituality and my own healing, the more I realize that like there is no arrival and also that, that the goal is, is actually to just like be and to be human. And I feel like that is also like deeply resonant with your belief of being held as spirituality because it's it's like us as we are rather than this like quote-unquote like future like self-actualized self or like a better better version supposedly of us that we're looking to in the future as being somehow better than us that leaves us like continually chasing, not being with who we are. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's the trap, you know, um, there's like, you know, I just have so much compassion for, and really understand what it's like to be in a place where like, you can't escape yours. Like you, 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 you're like, you get to this place in life you know, it's like, 
whoa, like I really believe I've tried everything. And this comes back to our conversation of acknowledging self. Because I think so many of us, and gosh, like this was probably the most painful part of my journey and my life. And it went on for years. Like I started to become aware that something was wrong. Like you start to have this awareness, like something isn't working. And you're like trapped in this nervous system and these feeling states and these patterns that you are no longer, they're not working anymore. And you're still trying to fix them outside of you because of how we are raised, where it's like everything that I have learned about existing in relationship, like God is punishing, right? So I might as well just keep punishing myself. You know, people are unreliable and punishing. So if I I could just be more lovable, then I can change them. You know, this this program let me down. So I can't, there's no more programs, you you know, like there's like, I'm never going back to therapy or to coaching because everyone just fails me, you know, and there is some people refer to that as like, oh, chronic victimhood. But the truth is, is like it, that's, okay, like you can name it that, but also it's, it's what was modeled. Like if nobody ever took responsibility for you to witness, if nobody ever said like, I'm not mad, like it's not your fault that I never healed my trauma, or it's not your fault that you were stuck in this cult, or it's not your fault. Like we have to make meaning somehow. Mm -hmm. And That is the most painful part because you don't, you feel powerless because when your whole life is about fixing, managing and controlling outside of you and you keep failing, you become like defeated in powerlessness and you end up in these cycles of, okay, you know, I puff up, I try to do all these things, everything fails. Now I'm powerless. Now I go into shutdown and then I try again because there's no exit sign yet. There's no relief. You know, and ultimately it's like, we have to realize that powerlessness is not helplessness. And that the the one thing we haven't tried yet is looking inward Mm. and saying, okay, like what God is in me, like I am good. Like there is goodness in me, even though it hasn't been recognized yet. Like I have a heart that has capacity to love. I have an ability to change, to decide that I am lovable. Like I have, and that takes years and years of healing to finally say, okay, like this is my orientation, but there has to be something else the here, because if not, like why I don't want to live anymore. And so many people get to this place where it's Mm -hmm. like, there has to be something going on in me that has to be different. Like I can't keep doing it outside. You know, and I just tried to like really explain and simplify something that is so complicated, but it's the years and years and years of trying to find yourself. Hmm. Yeah, well, that was really, I've read about that. And that's a beautiful summary of, of that cycle, because I, I know that cycle so well. Oh yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of us do. It's, it's, it steals your life. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I like, it's not your fault. It's no one's fault. It's, yeah. it's the body you're in. It's the nervous system you're in, you know, and mm-hmm. there's hope. I always like to say like, it, it is so possible to 
to begin healing that, to open the exit door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're um, almost out on time, but I did want to ask you um, one more quick question since we're talking about like um, your your spiritual practice and you you've mentioned a few different things of like being held and then being witnessed in community and then and then discovery of the self and all of these have been a part of your ongoing journey which I love that you put it like that um I'm curious what what is it that you are um currently if you don't mind sharing in in the process of moving out of that cycle with and into a, I don't know, a um, more sustainable way of being. Sorry, can you ask the question again? Moving yeah. out of which cycle? Yeah. Um, just whatever, like, because um, you mentioned cycles of being like, I'm doing this thing and um, it's not working anymore. And then you go into shame and then ah, you yourself yeah. up and try again. I yeah. feel like um, at least the way you're explaining it, for my understanding of it was that like we kind of do this with a lot of different things yes <laughs> and uh, uh for me right now it's parenting <laughs> and uh that's the cycle I'm currently in the process of breaking I'm just curious um what uh what for you is is are you trying to break out of and move towards an awareness of yourself with yeah that's a really good question um you know, currently for me, I, something I've been really, the ongoing work of continuing to practice where I end and other people begin. Mm -hmm. And something I'm really trying to deepen within myself is um, choosing my choices without demonizing the other side. Mm -hmm. And which feels like, which sounds small, but learning to still like, there are so many ways to get to the same place. You know, like I got, I got questions a lot of like, how do I heal? What do I do this kind of therapy? And, and I don't know, I don't know what your story is and I don't know what it will be. I don't know. I don't know that what I did or what I help other people do. I don't know if that will work. I don't know. Um, and I'm trying more and more, especially when you're raised in such black and white rigidity that I, there's this thing that I'm powerless over in my body that in order for me to make my choices, I need to make another side wrong. And it happens so subconsciously, you know, mm. and it's something I'm really working on, like softening into that part of me that needs to orient the world still in that way. Mm. And because it feels like a trap, it feels like, Hey, it doesn't feel like care. It doesn't feel. And so that's really what I've been working through lately is mm. like, it's okay. I won't be annihilated if I make a choice that is different from other people. Like I won't, you know, still realizing like I won't be annihilated. Like there's still room for me here. Mm. Um, and that's what I'm working on in many ways that's beautiful thank you for sharing i feel like that specifically is extremely relevant to our current cultural climate yeah yeah, yeah. i really appreciate your time thank you so much for sharing 
your incredible wisdom, knowledge, and yeah. personal experience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a really great, like a great interview. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one -on -one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.